Hello and welcome to Demon, Melbourne Demon's Fan Meets, I think we can now safely say it's time to draw a big Mumford-sized line through the season. <laughs> How long have you prepared that um, line for? <laughs> it's actually pretty good. It's actually a very, very good call. Um, yeah, look, that was a disaster. That was an absolute diabolical performance and the scoreline yeah diabolical even yeah. i'm kind of hungover but i um it was it was just appalling wasn't it and it's funny because uh it was just so flattering the scoreline was just not reflective that would have been yeah. a hundred point loss it's amazing that was 26 points it's extraordinary i just remember yeah. the first quarter and they kicked like four behinds and then a couple out of bounds on the fall yeah and you sat there thinking this is this, this should we should already be down by like 30 to 40 points within yeah. the first quarter that was a complete embarrassment. That yeah. was like, I would say that was West Coast level embarrassment. In the prelim? Yeah. It's just that West Coast that. was kicking straight. Yeah, I agree with that. That was really the only difference. Honestly, the it, yeah. was, it was mind-boggling. And then after, at the, at, during the fourth quarter, GWS kind of just saw whatever. They, they just, just stopped. stopped. They stopped. Yeah. yeah. They didn't care. They knew they won the game. They didn't care. It's yeah. Fine. And we were doing a bit of a reverse tank. Yeah. Trying to avoid getting the second pick in the mid-season draft. Yes. Kicking random late, late goals. Well, you know, given our last experience with Jordan McMahon kicking the um, <laughs> sealer over us and us missing out on Dustin Martin, I, I think that maybe it wasn't the worst idea. That's true. That's mm. true. Um, I just couldn't believe the defensive structure was so poor. And we've been better at that in the last few weeks. That yeah. is one thing they've tightened up. And it's hard to really know what the reason for it was. But I suspect GWS just spreads a million times better. Well, I think that's right. So one point that they made on, on the couch, which I actually think was really interesting, was Rusey talked about how the problem with Melbourne is that we, and they showed stats about how we play on at all costs. So we've sort of taken this whole cannonball game to the next level. And we are the quickest playing on team in the competition. Um, and behind the only team that's even in our category really is Carlton. And so, the, the, yeah, which is a really interesting point. Yeah. And so one thing I think that is interesting is that, you know, when you play this chaos ball, not cannonball, sorry, I meant chaos ball, but when they when you play this like crazy quick play on at all costs um, method, it just means that you, you just have to move back and forth so quickly and we just don't have the um, running power. And a lot of teams don't have the running power in order to do that. So, you know, I think that's the problem. We're stretching our defense so much by playing on so quickly. Um, but then my question is, what's the alternative? Well, I don't think we can play a slower mark. precision. Sorry, game. exactly, because we don't have this, the the kicking precision for it. No. Um, so it's actually interesting how GWS I think we have no is, choice but to play this game. Yeah, no, I agree. The chaos ball is kind of our only option because right. the one point they made, which is interesting as well, is that GWS is, um, you know, one of the quickest teams at playing on. Um, as well not as quick as us but up there but the difference is they've just got incredible decision makers so when they're kicking on and when they're playing on their kicks are just so precise and so perfect or to the advantage of a teammate that it's not as difficult to constantly run back and forth right so we we essentially play like GWS without the list to play like GWS correct exactly we're, we're but, just playing way too quickly for what we actually have the, cap- the skill and capabilities but, of but then why Except did it work the problem last is, year is, well you know I think that it's it's a sort of you know it's a boom or bust type of style of play isn't it where yeah. it can either look when it looks amazing when it works it looks amazing um and everyone's sort of flooding back so quickly and you, you think this team is so skillful and, and capable but then when it just goes it when it, you know when people don't have the leg speed or people are injured or whatever it is it just looks awful yeah yeah i mean the truth is we struggle at the mcg yeah we get absolutely exposed to the mcg We're time much, and time again yeah. we're almost as bad as sydney at our home ground yeah we're just shocking. And really, GWS is the kind of team, I think, that should always be a despite a lot. They're just so skillful. Last year was a bit of a bizarre aberration. And the truth is, I think last year, part of it was that 
in that, I think it was round 23 game, whether GWS won or lost, they were going to be playing Sydney the next week. So they had nothing riding on it at all. Yeah, I think that's And Cameron true. was low on form. And people were injured. Kelly, I don't yeah. think, played. But their, um, their list is made to expose us. Oh, it's, it was like... they outside team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With just so much pace and skill. It's just it's quite overwhelming, actually. But um, yeah. yeah, they're incredible. But we got crunched to the contested ball, and that pissed me off as well, because that's something we're good at, right? Well, but we're not playing. I mean... When Gus is getting 13 disposals for a game, yeah. I mean, he was one of our main contested ball animals last year. I mean, that's, that's you know, a warning sign. I don't know what Goodwin's going to do about that. He's absolutely struggling, isn't he, He Gus? is really After a struggling. After first two or three weeks. Yeah, he's... he started well. At the start of the year, I feel like for the first couple of weeks, him and Oliver could have put their hands up and said that they performed. Um, but, you know, and everybody else was obviously way off the park. But um, he's just completely low on confidence or low on you know volition maybe I, I don't know it must mm. be very frustrating fronting up and playing in that team week in week out knowing that you're just going to get belted that's true but he honestly looks a bit confused he yeah. doesn't look like he's got a clear role I just think that with Gus I mean I feel like the reason why Gus is in the midfield is on the wing is just because Nathan Jones needs to play in the midfield because they don't really know where else to put him yeah. but you know ultimately they're sacrificing Gus's game so significantly to basically find a role for Jones yeah. And, and I just don't know if that should be the right attitude to take. Right. Well, we'll come to that a little bit later in the podcast. We're going to go through the entire list and work out who should be on the list next year, which is a bit of a sour thing to do at round 10. But I, I mean, think we're prematurely end some careers. Let's do it. Yeah, no, let's do it. Um, quickly, though, Nitz, on our forward line, mm. what an indictment it is that Jaden Hunt, who is a key, def- well, a defender is by far our most threatening forward and he has is, been for several weeks. Yeah, he is the only one who really looks like he's moving. Yeah. Um, I, you know, he, leads the the thing, he leads at the ball And he carrier. gets separation from the defender. Yeah. It's really quite extraordinary. How nobody else looks like they're even trying to work off their opponent. No one else looks like they're trying to lead into space. No one looks like they even have a chance of taking a lead-up mark. Yeah. It's extraordinary. So, yeah, I mean, it's... You know, and it's frustrating because you can imagine the frustration from the midfield when you look up and no one is moving. And, yeah. and you know, there's a lot of criticism of clarinets kicking into the forward line. But, you know, gosh, I mean, there's what no do you do? no one coming at him. No one's coming at him. What do you do? So you just have to bomb it in and just hope that somebody tries to take a mark because nobody's looking even re- remotely like they're trying to work off their opponent. Yeah, well, it seems like Petrarca doesn't have the pace to get away from his opponent. Which is, I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know anyway. what's happening with that. Um, and really what Petrarca is relying on now is occasionally getting the ball and using his agility and cleverness. But he's not really getting any space. I think that Nick Rewap put it really perfectly a few weeks ago when he said that Petrarca is just lacking in craft. There's no forward... Cra- I mean, I know that people, you love, the, you love the use of the word craft, but what does it really mean? But I sort of understand what Rui's talking about because with other forwards, you see that they've got like a way of trying to like, you know, they've got a strategy in place, right? Mm. It's like, this is how I plan to beat my man today. And this is how I plan to lead into space. This is plan- This is how I plan to, you know, um, lead up at the ball carrier, whatever it is. But there's nothing like that from Petrarca. It's like he's just relying solely on talent. He's relying solely on the idea that maybe he might outmark one of his opponents or, you know, use his agility to run around them and then kick it into kick it into um, a deep forward entry or something like that. But there's no sort of strategy. There's no, like, sort of plan in place, I think. Yeah, I agree completely with that. And in terms of plans, you look at Tom McDonald. He has no plans. He's got to be the most disappointing player in the AFL this season. Is yeah, that I think that... I can't think of a player who's had a more stark fall from grace... Yeah. Um, from last year to this year than Tom McDonald. This year, people thought that Tom McDonald could win the Coleman. Right. That's how well he was going last year. Yeah. And, you know, and it was interesting because 
I, as much as we've criticised on this podcast the decision to trade Hogan based on, you know, a small sample size from Wiedemann and based on a good season and a half from McDonald, you did sort of look at McDonald last year and think, wow, he yeah. really could be the number one guy. Because at some points, Jesse wasn't playing particularly well. Or not playing at all. Or not playing at all. And Jesse kind of looked as if he'd almost conceded the number one forward target right. um, spot, spot and roll to Tom McDonald. But then this year, it's just, I can't think of a more stark... Um, transition. It's amazing, yeah. And the truth is, I think like all Melbourne supporters, we were very sceptical of the Tom McDonald forward thing because it seemed highly unlikely to work. But then it just did and it kept working and kept working. And at a certain point, it's like, well, clearly they've just worked something out about him that, that works. But do we now draw a line through the experiment at least for the next few weeks? You know, try I, him in the defence, try him on the wing where I always think he's not bad. Yeah, I just, I don't know if that's worth it. So I guess here's the thing, and this is a sort of bigger... Um, broader question which is mm. how we actually what do we do with the rest of the season now that the finals are over right. and there's no chance um, how do we attack the rest of the season in a way it's somewhat liberating this loss because I think it's clear now if there's any doubt that we're not going to make the finals well I thought it was clear at the start of the season to be honest I, you can't start that poorly yeah but if we won that game we were a game outside the eight yeah and anything was possible I, I think now it's crystal clear I think that interestingly, last week's loss against the Eagles could almost be was almost the turning point. I really think that if we'd somehow managed to win that game away from home, the team gets so much confidence out of that. Yeah. All of a sudden, this game, you know, they have a little bit more confidence walking into this game, and then they can sort of launch some type of an attack in the second half of the season. Now they're just so far out of it; they just look completely shot. And you know, I just think that there's no real—I mean, there's no there's nowhere to go really. There's nowhere to go. So I think it's purely about. Um, 2020. Yeah. What does a team look like? And I think all our decisions have to be guided by that, right? Yeah. Anyone who's not going to be there in 2020 shouldn't be playing. And we should be playing some of these young players to see if they're going to make it. Because there's a lot of players in the list that I'm not sure if they should be there next year. Well, I think that's accurate. So what do you think about Oscar Baker? Let's start with one who played on the weekend. Oh, Oscar Baker is... He showed a lot, right? Yeah. And he's a great example of someone who should be persisted with. Because the truth is, probably like Lockhart, he's going to have games where he doesn't really touch the ball, doesn't do much. But he showed a bit. I think that's right. So for me, Oscar Baker, um, you know, it frustrates me that they haven't been playing him earlier on in the season um, because obviously I don't think his VFL form has been stellar. But at some point you're like, look, he has attributes. Maybe his VFL form hasn't been stellar, but he has attributes that could yeah. make him a good he has VFL. Yes, AFL attributes. I that's exactly that's it. So there's a difference between being playing well in the VFL and having, AF, and having you know, AFL attributes that make you a real weapon at the elite right. level. And he has pace. You know, and that's something that a lot of people in our team don't have. So I, I really would be so disappointed if they drop him at all for the rest of the season. They just need to persevere with him and see if he can if he can make something of himself at AFL level. Totally. And I actually think the same about Lockhart. Yeah. Because he's been very inconsistent. He showed a bit in some games, hasn't done anything in others, but he just has something. Well, he's just quick. He's, yeah. He's, got, he's, he's got quick pace. and he's a bit creative. Yeah. And he takes tackler. the game on. He's he good takes tackler. risks. I agree. I think yeah. that, look, he'll make some mistakes. There's no doubt about it. But you just need to think more long term. Yeah. You know, is this per- does this person have some attributes that could put, put them in good stead right. um, in the AFL in the long term? Whereas we have a large number of players, which I honestly do not believe that's the case. I, I agree with that. Um, I hate to be specific, but... We are specific because we're not a club-affiliated podcast. Um, <laughs> this is why you should listen to us because we give you the home truths that those are, that the, um, you know... Exactly, those captured podcasts don't. Yeah. Um, Billy Stretch. Yeah. Like, he he is a perfectly competent player, but... And he's very good at VFL level. There's no doubt about that. He's very good at VFL level and he, I'm sure he's an amazing trainer, all these different things. But when he gets the ball, he almost always goes backward or sideways and he's 
he tries to take the, the safest option pretty much every time. And the problem is we're relying on him as being somewhat of a kind of a wingman. Right. And so the kind of player that from other clubs would be streaming forward and setting up goals hits a like defensive 25 meter chip and he, he kicks it. He kicks it like I kick it. He kicks it like kind of high in the air. There's he kicks no, it like you kick no, it. Kicks I it. think he's a bit of a better kick than you. Obviously You're not the best kick. Obviously he's a better kick here. than me. But what I mean is he kicks, <laughs> he kicks it like someone who's not an AFL footballer. And that it isn't like a quick, precise, Yeah. you know. Yeah, I think it, you summed him up well during the game. You described Billy Stretch as a do-no-harm player. Yeah, he's a do-no-harm player. Exactly. He's, he's, he's got the Hippocratic Oath down pat. Yeah, exactly. I reckon. Um, but players like him, I just don't see... See surviving. Some would say, well, Kieran, why do you support Rowan Bell? That's a fair question. Yeah, but some would say that. Not for, me. It's not anyone else <laughs> listening to this podcast. I think I think someone like him, I'm trying to think of others who, who fit that mold. I mean, where's Oscar McDonald going? Yeah, that's a very good question. Well, well we can even go through the list, actually, if we want to yeah. start this. Uh, let's. Let's go through the list. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I think I think Oscar McDonald is going to be in trouble. And then we have other guys who are, who are floating around, like Spargo. Yeah, I mean, I'm Spargo, not sure where I'm really not sure where Spargo's uh, career is at, at the moment. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, he had a good last year, but he's obviously really down on confidence and really down on form this year, and looks a shadow of the player he was last year. Yeah. Um, look, given Spargo's youth, he obviously deserves more time, and he did show a bit last year. He did. My big question about him is, what's his AFL X factor attribute? Well, the problem is, is I think they would have thought it would be his kicking and his tackling. Right. Um, those haven't really been on been on display this year at all, right. and that's a problem. Yeah, and he's not a bad kick, but he's not an amazing. Kick. No, he's not a Caleb Daniel esque. Well, kick. you almost need to be a Caleb Daniel kick for. to play that role. I agree with that, and he's not that amazing a tackler as well. I mean, he puts some good pressure, and he's got a bit of mongrel about him. But I don't think he's like an elite tackler by any stretch. No, no. Um, okay, the hard question: Nathan Jones, where is he at? Well, you can answer your own question. Well, look, You've answered this for weeks. No, it's, you know, and this makes it sound like I'm a hater, but I'm not. I just think about the future. And ultimately, so we've drafted in the mid-season draft another inside midfielder. Kyle Dunkley. Kyle Dunkley. Thank yeah. you, Melbourne, for drafting another inside midfielder. Not that we don't have a glut of them already. Why? Is that the only position that can I, be drafted I think this that's club? correct. Yeah, I think that the only, I feel like the number of profiles I've read um, which are inside midfielder who can go forward and kick goals. Yeah. Except it seems that the go forward and kick goals <laughs> part is left out of the equation and it's more of a just inside midfielder. Just inside That's midfielder. usually what eventuates, yeah. yeah. Where's but, the classy user? Where's the slick finisher? Where's, where's the explosive speed? You know, speed? it's really unclear. It's really unclear. I feel like all we all we recruit are injury-prone defenders and um, a glut of inside midfielders. <laughs> Those are the two people who can join the Melbourne Football oh, Club. If you're a wingman, insane. we don't want you. If you're a crafty small forward, we don't want you. Although maybe it supports your agenda, right? In that maybe they are preparing for a post-Jones future and they are not convinced by Maynard, who's right. maybe the next in line. Yeah. And maybe they think Dunkley could kind of eventually slide into that role. role. Yeah, maybe. But then the, you've also got Sparrow, who seems to be yeah, that kind of player. Yeah, exactly. It's just bizarre. But anyway, yeah. um, but Nathan Jones, look, I think that ultimately he is, you know, he's been a, such a wonderful servant for the club. But looking at where this list is at, they need to make some tough calls. And and I think one of those calls is that they can't play him every week. You know, mm. I mean, there's just... I guess the problem is is that if Jones could slot into almost a Gary Ablett role in the forward line, that would be a different story. But I just don't think he can. And yeah, he doesn't have the explosiveness. Yeah, and he doesn't have the kicking, really. Yeah. And so it's, you know, if he, could, if he could be that small forward, that would be ideal. But I just don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, I can't see a really clear role for him. I don't think he's quick enough to be in defence. Um, I don't think he's dangerous enough to be in the forward line. And yeah, his, his midfield minutes 
just aren't impactful enough. And his midfield minutes are taking away from Gus's midfield minutes, yeah. and that's causing problems in terms of the balance of the team. So I think, look, I just don't know what they do in terms of making a call on him. It's going to be very, very tragic and very heartbreaking. Mm. That said, you know, I mean, ultimately, this is how football clubs the are. The game moves right? on. The game moves game on, moves on and, yeah. and this is how life is. And I think that, um, you know, ultimately, Jones has been wonderful to the club, but it's, it's not helping anyone um, yeah. watching him go out and, and play in this fashion. Yeah. I just think the club's got to say, look, we've got Clary, we've got Gus, we've got Viney, we've got inside midfielders coming out of our ears. Yeah. Everyone else who plays midfield time has to offer something different. Yeah. And if they don't, they shouldn't be playing. I agree with that. So what do we do about, how do you solve the problem that is Christian Petrarca? I mean, I don't know. I I think he's playing too deep, honestly. So what do we do about it next year? Uh, Look, he needs a a good preseason. I mean, it sounds like the shoulder injury really delayed him. There's no question he's not the player he was last year, just in terms of how he moves, even putting aside his impact. So I don't think we should trade it if that's what you're implying, unless well, we got something really good out of it. Yeah, I think the problem for, for me at the moment is that trading him, we just wouldn't get much. We're literally trading him at his absolute lowest. Yeah. And so that's just, there's no real benefit in trading him now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that if we are going to trade him, I think we should try and get a good deal for it. But I just don't, I can't see a good deal coming now for Christian Petrarca. No. No, given, absolutely... how, given how he's playing like exactly. it's just there's no you know yeah. so I just and I don't think we're in the mood to give him away at the moment so I don't know I, I think we should hold off on him just because I don't think we'll get a good deal done yeah um, but where he's playing right now isn't working I would even consider trying him at half back he's, he's a great kick and he's someone you want the ball in his hands like you want him to touch the ball even even now when he's not playing well you still want him to have the ball right um, yeah I don't know he's just not getting near it Jake Kennedy Harris so he's someone who I've never really been convinced with, but I'm happy to give him a few games right now. Mm. I would actually swap him in for stretch because I think Kennedy Harris, to me, I can see more of a possibility. You see more at potential AFL traits? Yeah. He's got a bit more pace. He can be a little bit more dangerous around goal. I still think he's not super damaging, but he showed a bit last year, I thought, before he got injured. Yeah, he does seem to get injured at very inopportune times. Yeah. Um, he played I, well in the VFL this week. I would, I would definitely slot him in. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, what about, I was going to say, what about Tom McDonald? What do we do about him? Oh, we've talked about him. Um, what about Sam Wiedemann? He's another one. I mean, he's looked very unconvincing this year. It seems like he's doing okay in the VFL without really bashing down the door. But once again, he's meant to be the future of our forward line. Maybe we just need to play him and see what happens. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't necessarily agree with... I, I think that's right. And I think trading people after this year is a little bit short-term because it's yeah. just you really are trading people when they're at their absolute lowest. Yeah. And uh, I don't just, think we're going to trade with them. There's, there's no we're, value. We're committed to him. Yeah, exactly. When you commit to someone, you commit to someone. Okay, what about um, what about Alex Neil Bullen? <laughs> My favourite player. Well, you know the answer to that. I know, but I don't know if Goodwin will do it. Yeah. Well, is he out of contract? I actually don't know the answer to that question. I'm sure Goodwin is given him as long a contract as possible. Probably, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I just, I just, I don't know how he survives. Yeah. But we have a lot of people that are that are on the fringes. I mean, you've got Garlet. Well, Garlet, yeah, geez, he's been disappointing, isn't he? Very disappointing. Yeah, very disappointing. I don't know what to make of him. I mean, he still can look quite dangerous every now and then, but he's so flighty. I just think they need to. I honestly think they probably need to move Garlet on at the end of the year yeah. and just like draft. Hopefully, for the love of God, please draft some good young Indigenous players and you know get some skill into this team. Like it's yeah. just, I don't know. You look at the Eagles and Willie Rioli and Liam Ryan, and Lewis Jetter, and it's yeah. just, oh, there's so many players in the team. AFL who've got that and. Gala to me has lost a, lost a bit of pace. Yeah, I agree. You don't really see him stream away from people in the He's way he used to. He's also lost a bit of nous, I think. Yeah. Yeah, just goal nous that he used to have. True. 
And part of that might just be confidence. Mm. Um, but I don't know. He just doesn't look... He's not getting to the right positions as much as he should. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Um, okay, so I think that we're answering our next question. It is rebuild time. And it is time just to focus on 2020 and not, um, not worry about what's happening for the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't know how anyone could think otherwise, really. Yeah. I mean, what other thought would there be? Like, well, the question scrapping is, is, for eighth Yeah, do they bring back May and Lever soon? How much time do they give May and Lever? Well... So Lever played in the VFL and hurt himself a little bit, right? So, it's, But it sounds like he'll play in the VFL again this week. Yeah. So I guess you've got to give Lever a bit of time. I'm not sure what they do with May is. I think he's playing in the VFL this week. Right. I mean, yeah, you have to. I mean, we're, we've got to think about what our best 22 is for next year. Mm. Um, and I think give him a couple of weeks and then put, just bring him back into the AFL team and just yeah. see how they go. And play them alongside Frost, do you think? Yeah, There's I no think way Frost it is. could be Oscar. Oscar is just having a mare this year. He's I'm not sure what chocolate. they do. What happened in the McDonald family this year? I don't know. Something happened at Christmas time. It just, <laughs> it's, real, it's a real question, I think, yeah. that we need to answer. It's really damaged our team on both ends of the ground, hasn't mm, it? Mm. Yeah. We went all in on this, on this McDonald, McDonald brother yeah. pick 51 thing. Yeah. yeah. It turns out they pick 51s. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Rowan Bale Award for this week. Yes. Um, you might remember, Neats, at the start of the season, I made the prediction that by mid-season, Josh Wagner will have replaced Jordan Lewis. I think I said that would happen much earlier. Okay, you might have. But I think that essentially is what happened this week, and I think Josh Wagner did quite well. He had 22 possessions, I think. Um, pretty composed, made a couple of mistakes, but I think he's shown a bit. I think he'll keep his spot for a little while, don't you think? Yeah, I don't know if I'm as convinced by the Wagner brothers as you are, but that's okay. No, I wouldn't say I'm super convinced by them, but I think I think he's been a solid contributor. I think so as well. Yeah. Like in terms of players that have improved this year, you would say Hoare, obviously. Hoare actually looks star. like a great pickup. He looks awesome. Yeah. Hoare's a star. Uh, Wagner's, I think, improved. Gorn has been awesome. Gorn has Gorn's been. game on the weekend was extraordinary. But For I, a team that was just getting belted that badly, he has been amazing. He's been the superstar. But because he's been so good, I don't know if I'd necessarily say he's improved. Yeah. He's just been amazing. He's like just he been, has been usual. before. Yeah. Um, but I would say Hoare, Wagner, Hunt has improved. Yeah. Well, I mean, last, it's very easy to improve on last year for Hunt. True, true. But I think this is potentially the best he's ever played. Don't you think, as a forward? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, that's really about it. Yeah, nobody else. No, no one else taking a step forward. Slim pickings. Very um, slim. Okay, yeah. so Adelaide. The Adelaide game. Darwin. Um, yeah, well, last time we played them, we beat them by... Did we get them by 96 points? points? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was extraordinary. Um, I don't think that'll happen be again. Like that. No. Yeah. Um, I think... Look, who are the in? Salem will hopefully come back in. Surely. Hopefully, thank God. Um, Hannon? Yeah, I mean, if he's fit. I mean, he played in the VFL. Yeah. Did he play well in the VFL? I think he kicked a goal. I don't think he did that much. He might have been on limited minutes, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Pig? Uh, yeah, well, Goodwin said Pig might play, although, I don't know. I don't know if he's, his body's ready. Yeah. Um, Pruce? So Pruce seems to be playing really well every week, but he didn't get a go. I, I don't know what's going on with them. Why don't they want to play Pruce? I guess the coaches aren't really convinced by him. And, and maybe they feel like Gordon plays better by himself. It yeah, defeats the point of recruiting Pruce. But... Completely. Well, we said this at the time. We did not really understand why Pruce wanted to go to Melbourne. But anyway. Yeah. I just think you should reward his form. I agree right? with that. I would bring him in. And I guess the question is who goes out? I mean, pick a forward and just drop them, honestly. Yeah. I, I mean, look. Maybe, I just... maybe, you, maybe you send Tom McDonald back, drop I kind Oscar, of, I and kind put of Pruce don't mind that. forward and see what I happens. I kind of don't mind that, yeah. yeah. I think it's time to shake things up. One thing that's really pissed me off about Goodwin this year is where, where are the things being shaken up? Yeah. 
You don't see any well, sign of it. Well, he is kind of, right? Like, he's pushed Gus to the wing. He put Oliver forward at one point. It's pretty marginal. I know. They're not, and, they're not and, real. And Oliver. Okay, let's talk about that. So Oliver was getting an absolute bath from DeBoer. Mm. And it didn't seem like Goodwin played, did anything to fix that. He yeah. didn't play Oliver forward. He didn't yeah. do anything, right? Yeah, it just yeah, wasn't yeah. working. DeBoer is a gun tag, I have to say. He is. But, you know, you saw what Whitfield did to Corey Wagner. He yeah. went forward to expose it. Yeah. And that's what you do, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. I think they should check things up. I would bring Proust back in. I've been happy with Tim Smith, though. Yeah, I think he's looked okay. He's looked okay. He's looked okay. Um, Petty might be out with injury. I think that makes sense. Kind of unclear. Just, do you keep playing oh, Spargo and Garland? I Gala just don't think you keep guys? playing Garland Gala and Spargo. It's just musical chairs, but none of these players are that great. But then you bring someone else in who's not that good either. I know. Then... it's just You're right. It's musical chairs with um yeah a kind of unconvincing small forward setup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I don't really know what to do. I don't really know what the selection philosophy is I hope Goodwin thinks a bit more long term I mean the silver lining is we've only got him for another three years so thank God for that <laughs> well the question is is will Goodwin he's under a lot of pressure particularly next year I think if Goodwin yeah. if the team doesn't improve next year and if things don't start to click and if this is not an aberration there's a lot of pressure on Goodwin yeah he could get a bit of a pass for this year because of some of the injuries and, and because of last year I think yeah, and right? because of last year I yeah. think he can he could genuinely and look even the year before his first year in charge I mean look we had that heartbreaking round 23 loss but yeah, we ultimately we did improve and we did win more games than people thought we would win and there was an upward trajectory so I think he gets gets a bit of a you know he gets a bit of a pass for this year but next year if we start poorly some questions are going to be asked of Goodwin totally with this list it should not be this bad yeah, I completely agree um, on this week's game needs do we have any chance of beating Adelaide uh, look I don't think Adelaide are great and no, they're, not. they're really not and I do you know there's just some talk about Tex Walker being dropped to the VF, dropped to the Sandfall really given how yeah you're not following the um, wow. Twitter waves as closely as I am but yeah there's some talk about Tex being dropped because of his poor performance last week I just think why would they I don't think Adelaide should drop him because against Melbourne it's exactly the type of defence that he could just eat alive well, he's but, never played that well against Melbourne true, we usually but, do pretty well on him but where our defence structure looks like a mess so yeah. I wouldn't I don't think Neville this is Neville Jenner is massive. It's actually really big. But, yeah, I'm um, worried about Eddie Betts just feasting yeah, on us. I, I think it's not going to be pretty. So I would yeah. say we're going to lose and probably by around 30. Yeah, look, I think we'll come out pretty hard because this week's game was so appalling. And it does seem that we played better on the road, mm. right? And that's been the case for most of this yeah, year. Yeah, right? it has. So, I, you know, I think this would be a tight game. I just think at a certain point, the class has to show out. It's like I a West Coast that. game, right? Yeah. Like, they've just got so much more class than us. I don't really know how we, how we score. So no, I think we'll lose, but I think it'll be I think it'll be tight. I think it'll just be a couple of goals. Mm. All right. Well, so thank you all for joining us again for Deluded. Um, I think we was probably our most negative episode of the season. Oh, well, we were ending most people's careers. So yeah, it definitely yeah. was. Well, so next week you. we'll end some more. So yeah, we only got through about a quarter <laughs> of the list. Um, please follow us on Instagram, Deluded Podcast, and on Facebook, uh, and we'll join you after the Adelaide game. Good days. Good days.